Soccer FM is written and produced by Stephen Mill and Ray Bradshaw and is in association with pieandbovro.com. Hello and welcome to Soccer FM, Scotland's funniest football podcast with me, Stephen Mill, and you, Ray Bradshaw. Hello. Coming up on this week's show, a full roundup of the weekend's action in the SBFL. We'll talk Scotland, of course. Where are they now is back, as is Team Around the World, and also our game show continues as well. It is 7.30 on Monday, the 2nd of October. We are live on Facebook. Thank you to everyone who retweeted, shared, liked, and commented on last week's episode. Jim Patterson was on Where Are They Now? If you haven't listened to it yet, I suggest you go back and do so. Thanks for the comments and Bothwell.com feedback always welcome good or bad remember if you want to get in touch for anything you can tweet us at Scott Soccer FM and you can search for us on Facebook Soccer FM so you can listen live next week if you're not doing so just now and if you're not you can subscribe on iTunes make sure and rate us as well which is very important and you can follow us on SoundCloud if you're listening on Facebook just now give us a wee share so all your mates can listen in and uh, yeah share the joy that is Soccer FM Ray that's the longest I've gone without talking it on is, this show yeah, yeah, you exactly. nailed that thank you very didn't much. Even say twat, like I'm on form like... this week. So, how's your week been, Ray? Anything exciting happening? Uh, I turned 29. Oh, happy so, birthday! Thanks, mate. I'm old. Uh, you did a nice collage of all bald, fat ginger footballers. <laughs> I missed nice. out Liam Boyce. I was so annoyed after it. <laughs> like I thought, damn, because I put in a picture of you with two. Is it was it Lady Boys of Bangkok? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was. Bangkok. Yeah, I thought I knew them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I put up that. I put up John Hartson and, and what was the other one? I can't remember. Uh, some chef. Oh, yeah, the guy who won MasterChef, yeah. Gary, the Scottish guy. So, uh, yeah, I put that up. Did you have a nice birthday, though? Get up to anything exciting? Um, no, I was just away for a couple of days. I think Haley, my girlfriend, was like, uh, how did Stephen get the Ladyboys picture? And I was like, well, that's on Facebook 16 months ago, so he's done a lot of creeping. <laughs> that's how he's no, done No, no, no. I, 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 I used it for something else. Did you? Yeah, because if you look back on uh, at Scott Zogger FM on Twitter, nice. Uh, you can see if you click in the media tab, ah, all yeah, the, the pictures, pictures are put up. So I've obviously used it at some point before because I just scanned through because I was like, oh, I so know, that's your go-to. I know I've put lots of pictures up here, Ray, and people who look like Ray. Yeah. So that's exactly what I did. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that was it. So how, about, uh, how was your week? Uh, I got a tattoo. <laughs> oh, I can't. <laughs> we we went for a drink before the show, and I can't believe we forgot to yeah, talk about this. Yeah, I thought you were going to completely just roast me on it. So. <laughs> I, <laughs> it was, uh, I can't begin to because you sent, you sent me it before it all got announced yeah and it's the worst tattoo but funniest thing I think I've ever seen yeah. would you like to tell everyone what it is basically we're doing I work with Capital FM if you don't know uh, we're on weekdays uh, 6 till 10 Plug. Uh, 105 to 106 and we um I've been doing lots of stuff for charity. It's a sort of charity time of the year. And uh, to raise money for that, I ended up getting a tattoo of one of my co-hosts' name uh, on my body. And you had the choice of Des or Amy. Yes. And Did you pick the name? No, it right. was the public vote. Okay. Uh, and Des won. So uh, <laughs> now I have Des tattooed on my big toe on my left foot. <laughs> So if you've not seen it, uh, it's on Facebook as well. Yeah, it's on our page. If you just scroll down, you'll see yeah. the picture. It's fucking ridiculous. It's just, I don't know what I've done. Is, um, <laughs> is your other half speaking to you yet? Yeah, yeah, she's fine. Yeah, she's fine. Um, she she wasn't particularly pleased, <laughs> I would say. Are you uh, going to get changed into like Despacito or Deslinum or? I don't know. I might just get lasered off. Like, How much but, would that be? Not that much. Everyone always says, well, that's really expensive. Yeah. But I spoke to the woman and she was like, I'll do it for 25 quid. Really? Because it's only it's only tiny. Like, well, it's not actually that tiny. It's the full size of my toe. How uh, how sore was it? 
it wasn't particularly sore, but when I went in, uh, she was like, where are you getting it done? I was like, oh, on my toe. And she was like, that's one of the worst places to get a tattoo. Oh, really? Because it was right on the bone. She was like, anywhere, so you like your head. And I was like, well. Hmm. Yeah. I was like, that, that was my second choice. Yeah, my but, neck. Uh, no, so it was your, your uh, face or your head and also your ribs and stuff like that is meant to be the sorest. And your knees, if, you, if you're you an absolute nut job in getting... Yeah. Uh, tattoos on your knees but yeah so that was that was basically that'd be that. nice if you get Daisy's name in your ribs with maybe some love hearts oh, flower I know just horrific um, I mean I don't know how I get bounced into these situations. how much you raise uh, not enough <laughs> <laughs> did you not make your target uh, we'd, we'd nearly made our target but not <laughs> quite <laughs> Nearly made a target. I mean, our, ta- our, our target was three grand. Quid. No, it was three grand. We nearly made it, but not quite. So, anyway, how much it's would done- it cost for me to get the other two? <sighs> You'd have to pay me in cash. <laughs> <laughs> so, none of this charity guff. It's oh. have to go in my own pocket. I was very proud because uh, I came up with a phrase instead of a tramp stamp, it's a hoto. Yes. Uh, which made me very, very happy. good. Yes, yeah. I told everyone about that and I gave you credit for it. Thank well. you, mate. So Thank well you. Uh, At Comedy Ray on Twitter. That's the one. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that is uh, that has been my week and it has been a busy week in Scottish football as well. Smooth. Absolutely. And we'll talk about Scotland a wee bit later on. That is obviously the big thing that's going to be happening this week. Uh, and I'm cacking myself already for yep. that. So, so, yeah, we'll get on to that a little bit later on. But first, let's look back on the weekend in the SPFL. And it all started on Friday night. It was Rangers against Hamilton, uh, down there at Hamilton. And uh, it was a shock early lead for the Hackies after yeah. only, what, 54 seconds or something? someone I uh, follow on Twitter who didn't even have the time to put, come on the Rangers, because they were already 1-0 down. <laughs> Just come on. It was like, come on the... Ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought um, it was a good comeback by Rangers, actually. Uh, what did you make of the whole stuff with... Uh, Miller and not being in the squad and obviously Chris Sutton calling him a well he wasn't actually calling him a rat but he was saying if he is a rat yes. he should be out of the club I saw t- he's just a rat you he's, need rid of him I think people need to remember that Chris Sutton failed as a Lincoln City manager I think that needs to be spread about more because he's become this kind of like go-to guy in the voice of Scottish football and he's just a fanny like I think with the Kenny Miller thing I think it's going to come out that I think he actually stood up to Kashinia in a team meeting rather than was the rat because a couple of journalists Tom English included at the BBC kind of hinted today he's not the one that's been leaking stuff but he's been made a scapegoat well there's a big bit in the record Keith Jackson wrote said that Kenny Miller is not his source so there you go there you go uh, he's not a rat yeah. but if he's a rat and he's out of the club so uh, and um, I think uh, the 4-1 victory kind of papered over a lot of the cracks because if you watched the, the last 20-30 minutes of that game when obviously Ryan Jack sent off so stupidly um someone who's not set the light the heather on fire since he's moving but uh, Hamilton were all over Rangers mm-hmm. all yeah. over Declan John had a good couple of goals he looks like I, a good signing I mean I, I don't know like, first half I thought Hamilton were atrocious they are like, defensively they're so bad yeah. and Rangers just completely cut them open time and time again what I would say is Rangers should have been down to nine men because how did Carlos Peña not get sent off yes he had about four chances and to get sent he's off he's not been sanctioned for Anything yet? Not yet, no. I thought he might have been. Um, I thought the penalty as well. I thought McCrory again did all right. Yeah. Um, Giveaway the penalty got wrong side. Commentators' curse on BT was beautiful. They were <laughs> like, he hasn't put a foot wrong. Bang, penalty. Um, and uh, yeah, there's just something there. Like, I thought Godric could have been sent off as well for Hamilton. Yeah, 100%. I saw <laughs> Dallas had a total night. Yeah, he did. He did. He really did. So. Um, and a couple of good saves by Wes Frodingham. So all all in all, um, and it was good to see my favourite footballer named Botty Biabi 
um, getting a run out for Hamilton. He was there. Rangers third in the table after that victory on goal distance, 14 points. Uh, Pedro Cusinha, a very odd sort of... He's a funny one and he had sort of, you know, just his mannerisms during the game were very odd as well. Um, but we'll leave that for now. On to Saturday, it was a big win for Aberdeen, 3-0 against St Johnston. Tommy Wright described this as the worst performance in his tenure at St Johnston yeah. and uh, it's hard to disagree with that. It was a hat-trick for Adam Rooney, kind of forgotten man though. It looks like he was on his way out at the start of the season obviously with Stevie May yep. coming in and they're linked with a host of whole other strikers obviously Sean Maloney looked like he was going to sign at one point so I think uh, they ended up keeping Adam Rooney and uh, it's paid dividends because he's got the hat-trick on Saturday lovely stuff from him two assists from Stevie May as well yeah they strengthened really well and even they took um, a winner strikers off can't remember which one but even brought Nicky Maynard on who is a proven goal scorer at championship level down south mm-hmm. very strong there in the forward department and when you've got guys like um Mackay Stephen and uh, Christy and as well Scott Wright um, uh, Greg Stewart supplying them they're going to get amongst the goals St Johnson I did a St Johnson football club gig on Friday night uh-huh. and they were all quietly confident they were 5-1 to one at the bookies though yeah well over the past few seasons 5-6 seasons St Johnson have been Aberdeen's bogey side yes like they've gone up there and give them, given them a, a scud and remember them 5-1 a couple of seasons ago and unbelievably Aberdeen's still unbeaten and joint top of the table as well yeah. and that's us going into the second international break of the season and how well Celtic have been playing and I think that's enormous credit to Aberdeen yeah they've done done really well and just shows because Sunderland I was reading more about them the weekend they got pumped can't remember by someone 5-2 yeah. um and McInnes did great to body swear of that and what a bullet that was yep. yeah well done to Derek McInnes and uh, commiserations to St Johnson and Tommy Wright Celtic 2 Hibs 2 it was the battle of who's going to be starting for Scotland later on this week yeah. Cal McGregor did get his call up a bit yeah long overdue call up yeah we're go- we'll talk more about that a wee bit later on in the show uh, we'll focus on Scotland a wee bit later after we've done where are they now but let's just focus on the Celtic game for just now a wee bit of a hangover maybe from that terrific performance against Anderlecht during potentially the week. yeah and it's a great victory for them midweek I know um, Rogers made some changes um, and it looks like, I know we'll talk about Scotland later, but the likes of Brown and Armstrong being injured, uh, big losses, and Sinclair, um, Roberts and Griffiths all on the bench, uh, Edward uh, started, didn't seem to be playing that well, uh, I think he was hooked at the break or something, I'm sure I remember listening to it. and there was a time when, um, have you seen the Craig Gordon save? Yes. What a save. I heard Neil Lennon describing it as a Gordon Banks-esque save after it. I'm not sure it was that good, but I think no. it was uh, it was a terrific save, and it could have been a lot worse for Celtic. By all accounts, Hibs were absolutely terrific in that second half. And speaking to or hearing Neil Lennon, I should say, I wasn't speaking to him personally because he wasn't not. there. Not anymore. Um, not anymore. Uh, we've fallen out. No, I, I don't even know Neil Lennon. I've never met him. But he was saying in the second half, he was a bit disappointed not to come away with all three points. Which, considering uh, what a fantastic run Celtic have been on, what's that? Fifty-eight games unbeaten now, yeah. domestically, yeah. which is incredible. It has to end at some point I was actually talking to my mates on Friday night and we do like a sort of group coupon and I think Hibs were 9-1 to 10-1 something like that and I was like that's terrific because I I mean they have to get beat at some point it will happen and I I did actually quite fancy Hibs on Saturday I think one of the things that um, Neil Lennon will be disappointed is how many times have we said this season that Hibs have played well but maybe not got the end result and that's them they're sitting on 13 points just now not bad but they could have easily had a lot lot more if they could see games out yeah totally I mean even getting beat at home by Hamilton that's yeah. what you think of that and they could be right up there uh, above Rangers and uh, challenging Aberdeen and Celtic at the top and Christine's got in touch on the Facebook live stream uh, just saying we've got uh, McGinn Super John McGinn Do, uh, I saw afterwards Neil Lennon said he was a £2 million player do you think that's accurate? 
yeah, I think going for what other people have been sold for, especially Cummings and guys like that. And I, I think McGinn is a terrific player. I'm a big, big fan of McGinn. I saw him last season. Obviously, it's in the Championship and it's against Dunfermline, so it's not yeah. exactly the equivalent. But I thought he was superb. He's he's got everything for me and obviously one of the big conversations in Scottish football this week is should McGinn start should McGregor start all that kind of stuff we'll be chatting about that a bit later on but let us know in your comments let us know what you're thinking because I think this is one that's going to divide opinion yeah absolutely how you get in touch as well at Scott Soccer FM and also as Ray says you can get in touch on Facebook right now by commenting live elsewhere it was a big big win for Dundee two goals from Kerr Waddle Kerr Waddle Kerr Waddle can't remember Uh, 93rd minute winner both identical headers if yeah. you see them as well and that is Craig Levine's first of eight and his second spell as Hearts manager yeah well I was at the game against him last week and I thought Hearts looked pretty gash at the back I, mm-hmm. I said that last week with um, John Sutter Aaron Hughes and Christoph Bera. Uh Hughes went off injured yesterday and I think they shifted because they brought Prince Boivin on um, and I think Dundee are kind of going to be that awkward team to play against because sometimes they'll set the uh, What's the word? What's the phrase I'm looking for? Because I cocked up a minute ago. Set the heather alight. Is that what it's? You were like, set, what you said earlier, set the lights on fire, <laughs> which is something totally different. Yeah. yeah, that's that's like what the clan do. Yeah, like, yeah not exactly. That. Hey, well, it's Dundee. You never yeah. know. Um, and it's a great result for them. And it's interesting stuff that I thought from uh, Craig Levine. Uh, is it Harry Cochran, the 16-year-old, mm-hmm. yeah, made yep. his first team? 16-year-old, yeah. Um, so if he's not going to be, if he's going to be doing that. That's going to be quite exciting to see, just him chucking some more young players in because Hart's youth system in the past has brought through a lot of guys and obviously the likes of Nicholson and Patterson and that have moved on recently, so it's time for the new batch. It's also a very depressing fact that um, Harry Cochran is the first player to be born in the 2000s oh, is he? to oh. be played in the top league uh, in Scotland, so there you go. What were you doing in the year 2000, Ray? Uh, I started secondary school then, so I was probably not winching. No, I, again, I was I was primary seven. I was leaving primary school. Jesus Christ! Were you winching? Nah, nah, no. That. Why did you start winching it? Uh, I got my first proper girl. Why <laughs> winching? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first proper girlfriend a tattoo mate first proper girlfriend was probably well, I don't know I was about 14, 15 we went on a uh, school trip to France uh, we went to, just uh, you and her no it was a physics trip and uh, we went to Strasbourg and Paris and the best thing about that is I didn't take physics so I don't know how I managed <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know how I managed to get on this trip and uh, suddenly met a girl there and ended up going out with her for about 3 or 4 years then I split up with her uh, in 6 years because I realised I was better than her Oh, <laughs> what did she do now? Uh, say doctor, say doctor. No, she. I don't know what she does. To be fair, I, I've got no idea. We haven't stayed in touch. We split up. Next week, Actually, where are they now? <laughs> I, I tell you what, I'll tell you the story. Uh, we split up, and uh, the way we split up, we've been going out for a wee while. Anyway, she was just been a pain in the arse. You know that way when. Oh, I remember her falling out with me because I, I came in. <laughs> hey, you what? And I, I, I came in the next morning and I was, I'd was i been watching something on the telly last night. I'd been texting my mates. And it's one of those Channel 4 documentaries about weird sex fetishes. <laughs> and it was somebody who liked getting pelted, but by wearing cling film around them. Right, okay. <laughs> right, so I was obviously coming in. We were just having a laugh, like getting cling film out and all the rest of it, right? <laughs> and I remember her just going mental at me. She's like, do you think this is funny? And I went, yeah. Yeah, I, do. I think it's really <laughs> funny, actually. So it was at that point I decided that it was no longer for us. So, um, you gave up on your cling film journeys? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we were on study leave and I phoned her up and I was like, right, this isn't happening. This isn't working. We're going to have to split up. 
and she was crying and everything on the phone, breaking her heart. Come on, one more, one last chance, all this stuff. And I went, no, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to go and wait for five sides. <laughs> and, <that was, laughs> and, and that was the last time I spoke to her. Was it? And that was it? And I've never spoken to her since. Wow. Do you know, do you know what the kicker is? <laughs> all she wanted to be in her life, her dream job, <laughs> was a <her> radio presenter. <laughs> <laughs> oh god she probably hates me she so definitely much it does mate i don't she's know she's just she sitting at home crying looking at king cling film oh, every day no, oh god i don't know what she'll be doing but anyway uh, that's the story uh, so it was dundee 2 <laughs> <laughs> dundee 2 hearts 1 uh, at the weekend <laughs> elsewhere kilmarnock <laughs> Zero, Ross County <laughs> two, and it was uh, contrasting emotions for the managers. It was Owen Coyle's first game in charge, and he walked away with all three points. And also, it was Lee McCullough's last game in yeah, charge. Yeah, Coyle wrapped McCullough up in cling film and pumped him out the, <laughs> door, to the door. What a segue that was. Um, see, when we, see, see when this podcast is over, right? Yeah. <laughs> and however well, n- many next years... Week. Stay, <laughs> next week. <laughs> I won that in the greatest hits. <laughs> When we put a compilation together, what that, a segue. That and the time you just started talking about the pitch dimensions at Airdrie. That was, one of, that was one of the first episodes. Don't go back and that listen That was to one that. of the worst. I know. So anyway, anyway, let's get back what, to football. What do you make of the appointment as of Owen Coyle? Yes, good appointment. I think uh, he'll do well up there. And I was a wee bit surprised. I, I think basically what happened was Houston got sacked on the Sunday night. Yeah. Then on Monday, obviously, Jim McIntyre got sacked in the morning. I thought Ross County were like, shit. Owen Coyle is going to go to Falkirk, but we want him. Let's get rid of McIntyre now. I think that's how it went. And I think it's a decent appointment. I know he's had problems uh, down south in terms of Wigan. He was saying, though, when he got sacked at Wigan, I heard him get interviewed at the weekend, he was only three points off the playoff spot when he got sacked in the Championship, and he was about to qualify for the Europa League group stages. Yeah, and yeah, he was. And they kind of, because they were worried about the parachute payments, and they've just fallen away completely yeah. now. So they're having an absolute disaster back in League One. So... Uh, obviously got sacked from Houston Dynamo and teams like that as well so I think this is a chance for Owen Coyle to find his feet again and I think he'll end up getting quite a lot of money up there because they've got a decent budget um, to bring in his they own players in budget. they've got Roy McGregor that's what yeah, they've well, got aye totally yeah but exactly Roy just gets out the cash that's what he does he gets to the checkbook Roy so I think that's a good fit for them I think he will do well there Kilmarnock though on the other hand we were speaking last week about how many home games they've had this season eight games they've, I think they've not had like five home games or something like that obviously there was the Hearts fixture which got swapped so it looks like they've had lots of more games at home than they should have but yeah. just that absolutely terrible run that they've been on still without a win bottom of the league and if only there was another team down there who have had an Shut equally up. poor run. <laughs> we'll get into Partick in just a wee second, but let's focus on Kilmarnock. Like, um, harsh getting sack of getting Lee the sack, or do you think it was the right decision at this time? Um, I thought it was very early on, considering he only actually became the um, official manager in June. Because mm-hmm. remember, he was the caretaker for ages, yeah. and that's him only kind of kicking in. I thought I was quite surprised to see it, to be honest. Um, and I saw today Billy Bowie said that they've had 20 application so far mm-hmm. I mean we spoke earlier you think they'll go for Jim McIntyre I think that's an almost certainty he's a Kelly legend won the Cup 97 mm-hmm. and I would be very very surprised if McIntyre doesn't end up in that job yeah so we'll see how that goes and in terms of uh, Kelly yeah we we spoke to a Kelly fan this week and they brought in what in the last year I think it's been 20-30 different signings mm-hmm. and that's a team that's struggling to gel um, <laughs> I did laugh when I was listening to I was driving on Saturday so I was listening to uh, 
uh, open all mics, mm-hmm. and they were like, they've brought Chris Boyd on, and then the next time they went, back, they went, Chris Boyd has missed two absolute sitters. <laughs> that yeah. was his only contribution. It's just not happening for uh, Boyd at all. I think he um, has passed it. I think if we're mm. being a wee bit honest. Um, so yeah, that has come on. Like not looking good for them, and I would I would be very surprised if it wasn't McIntyre, unless they outside the box. Unless they yeah, they said they're going to look abroad as well. Teams always say that, and then they appoint. I remember when Jimmy Caldwell left on film one, and they were like, "Oh, we're going to go for the highest quality candidate." We interviewed Stan Ternan that was at Burnley. Remember yeah, him? yeah, yeah. Uh, we also interviewed Javier Clemente, who was a former Spain, Spain manager, manager, and we gave it to Davy Hay. <laughs> so <laughs> teams always say that. So don't, but it'll be McIntyre. I'm almost certain of that. I've got no information or evidence to back that up, other than the fact that I just think it will be. Talking of information, we've been sent some uh, direct messages on Twitter, uh, Facebook, saying that. Kashinia's tactics have actually been spot on. He, they managed to see the. Um, uh, let me read it out to you. Uh, I seen the Rangers tactic booklet for the Celtic game, and the two way Celtic scored was in it for Rangers to watch for. So Pedro knows. It said so. I replied with saying Griffith Griffiths was going to run in behind, and they said yeah. He says he arcs his run in behind, and also to force them out to Robert's side. Yeah. So Kashinia's clearly on the ball there, but maybe he's just not gelling. And I think the fact that he has jettisoned McCoyst. Uh, not Jason McCoy's. I was just laughing because um, uh, Ali McCoy's got interviewed by the Falkirk job, so we'll talk about that later. Um, the fact is, Jason and Kenny Miller, I think, is going to be a big, big yeah. cause for Yeah, concern. I mean, I don't think it really matters. I don't think... Kashinia's obviously got this problem with the players, and or some of the players anyway, and I think that the players aren't good enough, so it doesn't matter what, what he's trying to do. £11 million. Pounds. And I heard Chick Young say at the weekend they were all signed from one agent. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, it must be true then if Jim oh. Young said it. So, uh, what was it, Jim Duffy, now, Scotland man? <laughs> yeah, good one. Uh, so, anyway, final game in the SPFL uh, Premiership at the weekend it was Motherwell 3, Partick Thistle. Now, I had a couple of people who were there and the warning signs already, I think, for Partick. Yeah, um, Darren's got in touch on the Facebook to say, please avoid discussing Thistle game. I'll end up with Vietnam style flashbacks. Okay. Um, someone then has got in touch to say, uh, I think Stephen will get Nam flashbacks when we talk about the Dundee United game. No, no, we're getting um, to that. Don't worry. I, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bad result. Um, and I, obviously I was I was working, so I wasn't there. But um, from the performance last week, it seems like we can't close out games. Whereas this week, it just seems like we never get started. Um, lots of mistakes. And we are quite threadbare just now. We're missing a lot of players just now. But we need to start getting the points on the board because we're coming up to the nine game mark. Let me ask you, yes. is Alan Archibald under pressure? This has been a interesting one with uh, Thistle fans this week, um, kind of polarising opinions. I would say, just now, no, he's not. I say if we're still in this position at Christmas, yes, he will be. Um, because we've seen over the last two years that we have started very poorly. I think seven wins, uh, seven games without a win in the first one, nine games in the second one. Um, so we have been in this situation and he has taken us so far. So I think you've got to give him that chance. He's a guy who played uh, over the club for 400 times. He was club captain. He's got us promoted. He's taken us to our highest league position. I think he deserves that time. And I think when we like, I think Osman's going to be out for a while. He's a big loss. A couple of players coming back um, from injury and stuff like that. So I think we'll be fine. And I think he needs a lot more time. Okay. Uh, terms of Motherwell, they are into the top six. Or, or they were already in the top six. But... Um, a fantastic start to the season. Uh, a wee bit slow at the start, got beat by Rangers and then took a while to get their first win. But now, 13 points, you know, you're looking at teams in terms of what they're getting relegated with. It's sort of mid-20s 
uh, 30 points they're halfway there in terms of safety which for a club like Motherwell is their initial aim anything over and above that yep. I know is a bonus for them I think, so I think into so. the top 6 and Stephen Robinson is doing a fantastic job he's done job. a fantastic job that's exactly what I was going to say and it's nice to see them uh, using a lot of the kind of younger players as well like so Chris Cadden who's become such a vital player for them and keeping a hold of Louis Moult in the summer has made such a big difference to them absolutely let's look at the table then Celtic top with Aberdeen both on 20 points Rangers and St Johnson third and fourth again both on 14 and Motherwell and Hibs again on 13 points apiece Hearts eh, prop up the bottom six I guess in terms of nine points Dundee on eight Hamilton Ross County seven each and then Partick and Kilmarnock eh, occupying the relegation and the playoff spots with just three points so far this season and just after uh, the international break the game is Thistle Kelly well, that's a six big pointer. One. Absolutely, six pointer already. We'll speak about that in next week's podcast. Remember, we're live every Monday night at seven thirty on Facebook. If you've not liked the Facebook page, then please do so. It's Soccer FM. Just search, search for it in the search bar at the top, and that's the first time I've sort of fucked that up. Before. Just search it. Ah, search it. Let's go down into the championship. It's because I know what's coming. Um, yeah. Let's start. Dunfermline won at Dundee United 3. Um, I was there, I was at the game, and it was a very comfortable win for Dundee United. Bizarre league, though, because Dundee United have comfortably beaten us. We've comfortably beaten St Mirren, (laughs) and St Mirren have comfortably beaten Dundee United. So every time one of those fans' groups have gone and seen the other one, they were like, oh no, they're meant to be playing really well. like you said about St Mirren. Yeah, and it's just, they're probably thinking that we're gash. Uh, St Mirren fans are thinking we're really good and they were thinking that Dundee United are rotten so it's just a bizarre sort of uh, circle I thought it was a it was a boring game in the first half half an hour nothing really much happened we had a chance with Declan McManus I thought we were kind of in control of possession um, without looking very threatening don't remember Dundee United really doing much at all um, again but not, not much happened and then as soon as they got the first goal I was begging for half time because they hit the bar as soon as they made it uh, 2-0 and it could have been 3-4 maybe even 5 before half time so it could have been a bit of a scudding um, and then after that Dundee United well in control and thoroughly deserved to win It was interesting to see um, Fraser 5 and Scott McDonald both scoring because they are players that they went out their way and probably have gone above budgetary reasons for yeah. Fivey was one who took a lot of time to get how did he look on Saturday? Yeah I mean setting goals a screamer it was a great goal and I, I don't think uh, for me uh, it Nobody really jumped out for me. I don't think it was an outstanding Dundee United performance. We didn't play very well. But again, nobody stood out. What I would say is Dundee United look solid, really solid, hard to break down. And the the team that finishes above Dundee United this season will win the league. Okay. That's what I'm saying. And I think that Dundee United will not be far away. I would make them favourites for the title. I've, I've said that all along. I know we've had a cracking start and all the rest of it. I would still take playoffs. I'd yep. be happy with playoffs. Yep. Um, and anything over and above that is a bonus because I do think Dundee United have the best squad. We, we're missing Joe Cardo and that is one player and you can see how much of a difference that he makes. He makes. And that's, that's quite worrying. This week, ahead of the game on Saturday... Uh, we've got, I think, five or six players away on international duty. We've also got a few injuries, so we're struggling to put a yeah. squad together on, on Saturday. So uh, get your money on Falkirk yeah. in terms of the I, challenge. I cup. found it interesting as well that the fact that uh, Fraser Aird, um I thought he'd be a like-for-like replacement for Cardo, but obviously no, they've been not, playing making, off, yeah, not yeah. making off the bench. It was uh, just, I, I don't know, we just never got going really on Saturday. It was just a disappointing performance. But you know what? What I would say is I think there's, there's players in that team that are fantastic on their day 
But there's a reason why they're playing in the championship at Dunfermline. Yeah. I think fans need to sort of realise that as well. They're not going to be amazing every single week. And 7,500 there. What was Great the atmosphere crowd. like? It was a bit flat, to be perfectly honest with you. It was a weird atmosphere because it was a big, big crowd. Um, the Norrie McCarthy stand, the, the home end, was totally sold out. And they had to open sort of like the extended part of the main stand and the northwest stand looked pretty full as well. So it was great to see East End looking so full. And Dundee United brought a fantastic support, probably 1,500, 2,000 United Brilliant. fans. So well done to them. And uh, great to see, you know, 7,500. That's, that's an amazing crowd. Third biggest in Scotland behind the Hibs uh, Celtic match. And also, I can't remember what the other one was in the pre- Aberdeen match. Aberdeen. So there you go, which is, which is superb. Yep. And then uh, Dunfermline replaced at the top of the league by St Mirren, who beat Brecon City. Uh, they kind of toiled a 2-1 victory. Yeah, they by did. All uh, by all accounts, it was a sort of stuttering performance, I would say, by St Mirren. Uh, I watched a wee bit of the highlights as well. Brecon City still without a win. And I think on another day, Brecon could have won on, on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't. It was a, a grinding win by St Mirren. And as you say, that takes them back to the top of the table, a point above Dundee United and two in front of Dunfermline. Now, big news for Falkirk is that they have won a game. Yeah. So they beat Morton on Saturday. Alex Smith, 77 years old, and getting yep. his first win. Getting a lot of uh, media attention as well being the older manager in Europe this week um, yeah I, th- I saw Peter Houston come out and say it's a shame that managers are under so much pressure and usually I'd agree if he hadn't been so shite yeah that's that thing um, well, yeah, yeah it's a sort of, of like he would say that yeah yeah. It's, Falkirk, I've said this a couple of times it's been interesting that Falkirk have uh, uh, overachieved the last couple of seasons in my opinion this season they're massively underachieving and I wouldn't be surprised to see them climb up the table and get close to the playoff spots yeah I mean the, what would They've got a they've got a bit of task and they're already nine points behind. Which There's twenty eight games left. I know, That's I know. Easy. But I think it's it's still it's not an ideal position to be in. But I would expect Falkirk to be in and around playoffs come the end of the season. Obviously, hopefully not. They can't appoint Alex Smith because he might no. die during the yeah. winter so <laughs> we haven't really spoken about Livingston much and I think that's a shame because they have had an absolutely outstanding start to the season sneaking into the top four absolutely and yeah four points clear of Queen of the South after a 2-1 win over Dumbarton Dumbarton pulled a goal back it looked like it was going to end a draw and then up propped uh, up popped Hackett in the next in, in the last five minutes and managed to grab the winner for Livingston so an absolutely brilliant start for them Nadi missed a setter as well oh no no that's shite isn't it I know no, but yeah, yeah, Livingston doing well to step up um, and I, it's one of those things, I'm not sure I'm a huge Livingston fan because of the whole ethos of the club and mm-hmm. it's very man-made and all that kind of shit. But um, yeah, they're doing well and what I really like about looking at the Livingston team every week is looking for the Jacobs family. Because remember there's four and then yeah. there's three. one of them's the Queen of South. Yeah, there's only, one, uh, yeah. there's only one left. So I was like looking for that. And also James Penrith who's on loan from Thistle by all accounts. Maybe we'll get him back if he's playing that well out there. Yeah, lovely stuff. Uh, Livingston, 2-1 victory for them. One big problem I do have with them is one of the defenders wears the number nine shirt. Ah, oh, that is a problem. Yes. Oh, I saw something the other day that would do your nothing. It was the numbers for the World Cup squad for Italy in 1994. I know it's a very specific yeah, thing to yeah. say, but they just did it in alphabetical order. One to, oh, I'd hate One to 26, that. apart from Roberto Baggio and Franco Baresi, who got to pick their own numbers. <laughs> the rest of them, you know, so like Pablo Maldini was like number 10 or something like I that. I played a game a couple of weeks ago and the, the guy playing right back for a team wore number 66 and had a man bun. 
Oh, so get off. Aye, I hope you, oh, you broke football. his leg. <laughs> 2 1 to Livingston, that puts them in fourth, and it was 0 0 between Inverness and Queen of the South. Not a fantastic result for Inverness. They dropped down into the relegation playoff spot. They are struggling big, big time, aren't they? Yeah, and supposedly, from what I've heard, this game was absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, I think there was nothing much of note in the whole game, and it was just two sides. Just kind of cancelling each other out. Absolutely. Let's look at the table then. St Mirren top on 18 points, as we mentioned. Dundee United in in second, 17 after that win at Dunfermline, who are in third place with 16. Livingston 15. A wee gap down to Queen of South and Morton, who are on 11. Dumbarton on 9. Falkirk move up to 8th place with 6 points with their first win of the season. Inverness in 5th. And then Brecon City propping up the table with 2 points. Dumbarton being at least 3 points ahead of two full-time clubs in Falkirk and Inverness is incredible. Well we, done there. We haven't really spoken about the next Falkirk manager actually because I made a joke about Alex Smith dying prematurely yes. but I think what, <laughs> they, yeah, they are struggling a wee bit now because and I know the first choice was Owen Coyle yes. he's away in Ross County ex-player obviously ex-legend they would have taken Jim McIntyre 100% but he'll I think he'll go to Kelly Hartley? if he's got the choice Hartley played at Falkirk didn't he yeah I think he did yeah I'm sure yeah, he did yeah. you could double check that but I think Hartley would would have to be the standout candidate, but I mean, I'm still hoping for a John Hughes or something like that. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'd Look, love I that. I think one bookie was offering uh, odds on the new Kelly manager being that Gordon Sawyer's guy. Oh yeah, you mentioned earlier on that McCoyst had been interviewed for the job in Hartley. Yes, that apparently is not true. Really? Yes, it came from Tam McManus on Twitter and. Uh, got confirmed on Friday night. I think Daryl Curry on BT said McCoy had not been in it. Right, oh, that that's not sad. True. I know, it's not quite as funny because that yeah, would also be hilarious. a hilarious appointment. Uh, no, he never, uh, Paul Hartley never played for Volkirk. All right, okay. Yes. I thought you had earlier on his career. Yeah, so that. You sure? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah just oh, checked. We'll move on. So, League One this weekend. It was Airdrie 4 at Queen's Park 2. Good win for Airdrie because things weren't going very well and uh, God knows what their managerial situation is like. They have appointed someone first team coach I think over the weekend. We'll get to that in just a wee second but let's spin through the other results it was the battle of the Rovers and it was won by Albion Rovers they beat Wraith 2-1 even though Greg Spence got another goal and it was too little too late for them Alan Troughton scoring his 14th goal of the season well done to I said this last week he's just you know that level he's a fantastic player yep. for that level uh, Albion Rovers are hot and, so hot and cold it's unreal like one week they're getting scudded 4-0 at home then they're winning 5-2 at Alloa and then they beat top of the table Wraith Rovers who hadn't been beaten so so far this season yep. they're still top of the league but a great result for Albion Rovers yeah and, and Connor Shields who scored the winner um, they have two of the top three scorers in that league uh, only Lewis Vaughan ahead of them so that's incredible for a club of Albion Rovers stature uh, competing against a lot more big boys Arbroath won Aloha won uh, Ryan McCord getting a second half equaliser for Arbroath uh, and letting down my coupon in the process oh. so we won't be talking much about them uh, <laughs> what we do have to talk about though is Forfar have a new manager um, he was in Fuck place. This, man. He wasn't in place for Saturday, but this is hilarious because it is Jim Weir. He's left Elgin City to go to Forfar and he becomes the first person to manage all four Angus clubs. There you go. That's incredible, isn't it? He's like the opposite of you. He's the anti-Ray Bradshaw. <laughs> so good luck to Jim Weir. Uh, got a wee bit of task on his hands because they are bottom of the league and they're five points away from safety already. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of work to be done there up at Station Park. Air United clawing back at Wraith on the top of the table. Just three points to gap now because they won 3-0 against East Fife. Another goal for Lauren Shanklin. Sir Andy Geggins scored as well hmm. and Chris Higgins rounding off. Uh, so that is three former Dunfermline players who scored for Air United. And you have Shanklin as well? Yeah, we had a 
them on loan for a season. Oh, so, nice. uh, yeah, a good win for Air United. So the table looks like this. Wraith Rovers with 19. As I mentioned, three points back to Air United. Then it's kind of tight. You've got Albion Rovers on 15. are both 14. East Fife on 12. So only one win really separating at 53rd. Then you've got Stranraer on 11. Airdrie 10. Aloha 9. And then a five-point gap, as I mentioned, down to Queen's Park here in the relegation playoff spot with just four points and a terrible goal difference as well minus 14 and Forfar with an even worse goal difference because they are on minus 15 League 2 finally this weekend it was Annan 1 at Cowdenbeath now Montrose 3 Clyde 2 big win for Montrose Chris Templeman scoring again yes he just he's he's like the he's the League 2 equivalent of Alan Troughton I think yeah he's been about does the job knows exactly what he's doing him and Colin McMenamin I think scored at the weekend as well somebody could correct me if I'm wrong but I think he's played with all four Angus clubs Chris Templeman. Chris Templeman you could maybe give that a wee check I'll run yeah. through the other results you give that uh, did he score for he scored for Montrose uh, against Clyde who so scored for Clyde uh, uh, Dollar. he got yeah. the first one and who scored the other one uh, it was Peter ne- Peterhead nil Berwick Rangers <laughs> 2 uh, so that's a bit of a shock result Peterhead are not setting that league alight as what we thought they would at the start of the season um, Jim McAnally is the longest serving manager in Scottish football but if this continues he probably won't be yeah, um, Templeman they, has played for Montrose for for Brecon but not Arbroath not Arbroath ok so Dick Campbell needs to get on the phone get Chris Templeman <laughs> on some sort of loan until the end of the season and then complete the set Stenhouse Muir 3 Edinburgh City 0 so that means that that was Gary Jardin's final game in charge he resigned right after the game and they are looking for a new man yeah and I think the resignation from what, um, what I can see uh, came as quite a shock and he came out and said he's not been enjoying it for a while said he found it hard to um, get a bit of unity between the players and he just had enough and that's a shame because he'd been in the club 15 years as a manager seven as a player before that take them through all the things so that is very much end of an era at Edinburgh City and it'll be interesting to see who they go for obviously they get Jim Jeffries um, as director of football is that his title Sporting or something, like, or something, something, like something that, yeah. wanky um, so see if he has his influence and whether they go big or whether they try to keep that kind of smaller team ethos yeah or just the point Gary Locke probably oh, f- uh, Stenhouse Muir have got 15 <laughs> points uh, after that win so a decent start to the season for them uh, Sterling Albion slipped up in what was Jim Weir's final game in charge of Elgin City so it was 2-2 uh, between Stirling Albion and Elgin City so the table in League 2 looks like this Stirling Albion still out in front on 19 points uh, 4 points ahead of Stenhouse Muir as I mentioned on 15 Montrose 14 Peterhead 13 Berwick 12 so it's bunched up quite nicely there and then you've got Elgin on 11 Annan on 10 Clyde on 8 Edinburgh City 6 and Cowdenbeath propping up the table still bottom of the entirety of Scottish football he Cowden says Beath. with a smile it's just, I can't believe they were in the championship three years ago I know, I know. albeit they did get beat 10-1 by Hearts so <laughs> that was very funny um, so yeah still to come on Soccer FM with Stephen Mill and Ray Bradshaw lots and lots of chat about Scotland coming up and we also have uh, our game show that's back as well it was just banter we'll give you the results of last week's poll for that and we'll also be catching up with our teams around the world but for now this is Soccer FM with Stephen Mill and Ray Bradshaw Yes, it's time for another Where Are They Now on Soccer FM and I'm delighted to say that joining us on the line is uh, a man of many clubs in Scotland. It's Lee Mayer. How are you doing, Lee? 
I'm very well, thank you. Yes, uh, thank you very much for joining us on Soccer FM. Lots to talk about and uh, plenty of clubs, as I mentioned, there in Scotland and a couple of spells down south as well. Um, but let's uh, let's go right back to Dundee, uh, where it all started. Uh, happy memories at Dens Park? Yeah, great memories. That's, uh, like you said, that's where it all started for me. I was a young boy, just leaving Aberdeen and the chance to go full-time football, which everybody dreams of. So the chance came up for me to go full-time at Dundee, so I jumped at it. So I was there for two years, YTS, and then it progressed on to quite a successful a successful spell in the first team as well. So I think I played about 80-odd games. Uh-huh. Um, I played in the cup final, played in Europe and stuff, played with guys like Ravanelli, Kanija. So it was a, a great experience for me, but it's where... I actually got asked this question the other day, and it, it's where I became the person I am now, because that's where you were drilled with all of the disciplines of the... A lot of people, I don't think they do it nowadays, but when I was YTS there, you had to clean the players' boots, you had to right. wash the training kit, you had to clean the stands, you had to cover the pitch if it was frosty with big covers and stuff. So anything that football stadium needed done, all the dirty work, as you call it, us as YTS boys done that. But like I say, that then got us into a mindset of you have to work hard, you have to do your job, you have to look after other players and stuff. So it was, uh, as I say, it's a great time. Yeah, looking back on it, it was, it was probably the best times. And I, I know that you're telling the truth, Lee, because we've just interrupted you from cutting the grass. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's still to this day. Uh, exactly. let, let's chat a wee bit some of the players. You mentioned them there, the likes of Ravinelli, Kenidia, Caballero, I remember, Juan Sara. Yeah. Uh, absolutely fantastic players for Dundee. Fanzi, were you there with Fanzi as well? Fanzi, yeah. Uh-huh. All, all these guys, what were they like? Were the standard just incredible? I mean, Kenidia was playing, you know, for Argentina a couple of years before, yeah. Fan. Well, that, that, that was the scariest thing, because you went from... Just I, I, no disrespect here, but training them just like normal Scottish players, Scottish standard players, and then within a few days you had guys like Craig Burley internationals coming in. All these foreigners just they were turning up in busloads. You know, like foreigner after foreigner after foreigner, and you're like, wow, look at this. And then Ravinelli, Kenija, and it was just like, wow, this is surreal. At the time, I was just a young boy coming through, so they had the biggest squad ever, full of foreigners. No young boys were getting the chance, so. I went on loan to Falkirk to gain experience, which yeah. uh, I would recommend any young boy doing to play on a Saturday and just to play a proper first-team football. So I never got to train that much with them, whereas a lot of the other boys that stayed, they did. But um, I st- you still used to train now and again, but it was just, it was surreal. It was great times when you look back on it, but obviously the club paid financially for it because it was they were living out with them. I mean. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll get onto that in just a wee second. Uh, I, finally, I want to ask you about uh, the Benetti brothers. Uh, yep. People I forgot existed until I was doing a bit of research on you there. I just yeah, yeah. uh, what, what what were they like? They were characters. They were uh, see looking back on it now, the things that they try to bring to the Scottish game is what the Scottish game needed. It mm-hmm. needed an influence from the foreigners from the better countries. And uh, we've I look back on it and, and as a, as a country, Scotland we're, sta- we're, we're stood still for this time. We've not progressed, and they were coming in with ideas that you're looking at thinking. This is mad. This is mental. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Some stuff they did do was bonkers. Like Dario, Dario, for instance, never got used to the Scottish weather. He used to wear, he used to put his football socks on. He then used to put his feet in carrier bags, tie the carrier bags, and then put his boots on. And so he used to keep. <laughs> that, is, that, is just, that is. You just imagine he's standing taking a training session with carrier carrier bags on his feet. I mean that would that would cost some ten pence nowadays as well. So he's got that. He's got to sort of factor in it. But yeah, did you sort of? Um, did you see the things that were going to happen? You know, you, you mentioned the busloads of uh, foreign imports coming in and all these fantastic players. Did you ever sort of stop and think to yourself, uh, wait a minute, where's all this money coming from? 
No, just a young boy at the time. You obviously you don't think about finances as a footballer. You don't. You just think, wow, look at this. I'm playing with these guys. And don't get me wrong, it helped. It helped me as a player massively. The reason for that was because you had great pros that then got totally bombed out of the team, like Willie Faulkner's, Willie Miller's, um, uh, Big Craig Island. These guys were no longer needed at the first team level because, as I say, they had all these foreigners. So they got they got sent to train with the kids. So as a kid, we were training with these first team players, and that progressed us massively. So it helped my game massively. It obviously never done well for their careers, but um, the fact that they were training with the kids at a high standard, yeah. it developed all us as kids a lot better. So it was, uh, that, that's a downside of it that people don't see. They just see, oh, great, look at all these foreigners coming out. It's great. But there were Scottish guys that their careers basically ended because that was it. No, they had to go and go to other clubs and they were old age and stuff. So yeah. it was, um, but going back to your question, Finances as a kid, as any footballer, you don't care. If you're getting paid, you're happy. You don't care about what's going on behind the scenes. But you hear stories now that they were taking cash out of the turnstiles and mm. then they were going and uh, paying boys after games and stuff, which you don't know how true it is. But um, when you do look back on it, you think, well, if we were getting crowds of £5,000, how would we imagine to pay all these guys the money they were paying? So, yeah. yeah. So, um, what about um, the other character that I remember from that time was uh, Di Stefano, and there was lots of chat because um, he was. I remember he was interviewed chatting about Saddam Hussein while wearing a Dundee jumper, which is one of the most <laughs> surreal things I've ever seen. Were the players aware of it, or was it just kind of something that no one really chatted about? I remember. It, yeah, obviously you speak about you. I've never seen him. I never seen him once in my time there. But um, you, you hear the stories, and you hear that like, this guy, this, this man, actuated by the club. You think this will be interesting. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so, but then there was a thing. I'm sure there was a story came out saying that he was going to get Madonna to record a song for Dundee Football Club and stuff like that. And, <laughs> this guy is this guy is tuned to the moon. But as I say, it was it was good at the time. Things were going well. We were in cup finals. We were in Europe and stuff like that. So. Everything probably behind the scenes you don't look at. You just look at how the teams perform on the pitch. And to be fair, some of the players that they bring in, like Georgian and Zadi and stuff like that, and yeah. Navili, and some players were like ridiculously good. And it, as I say, it was great to be able to play with these sort of guys. And do you feel like the rest of your career was a bit boring purely because like you go to Stockport <laughs> as a move and you're like, when's Madonna turning up? Like, is that the kind of mindset you get into after that? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, let's not talk about Stockport. That was a horrible six months. Well, why, um, why was it so but, horrible? It was horrible. The plan was, um, you, you see average footballers down south, well, nowadays they're going for a 30, 40 million. But yeah. it, and when I was still playing back then, I think it was about 2003, 2004, they thought, right, you go down here, you do well. You can move about the lower leagues there, getting bought for millions and millions, and you can go and earn a lot, a lot of money. So when you're 35, you can retire happy with your feet up. That's the that's the vision all footballers have got. Oh, brilliant, I'm going to retire at 35, yeah, with millions and my feet up. So that's that was the plan. You go down here, Stockport, We'll give it a crack for six months. We'll do really well. Another club will come in and buy you, for instance, a Coventry or something like that for one and a half million. You'll treble your wages. You'll then do well there again. You'll move on. That was a dream. Yeah. So, But the reality was you go down there, you, I had a nightmare. I rented a house without even seeing it. <laughs> I remember they were driving up with a wife and the wife just in the garden crying. She was my girlfriend at the time. Surprised uh-huh. she could, I'm surprised she's now... Is that, why you're, is that why you're cutting the grass today? <laughs> 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 Ever since that day? I'm, I'm still yeah, I'm still paying for that time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so it, was, it was one of those. And then uh, I was in and out of the team. I wasn't really playing. The standard was... It was more... Playing, well, to be fair, the Stockport team, I had, I had Ricky Lambert in the team. I, had, I was playing alongside right. Arthur Williams at centre-half. Jim Goodwin in the team. So we well, had a great team. Um, but it was more physical and big and strong and athletes and I'm about like the side, the side, the side of a fiver so it, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was not for me at all but so 
the six months came up and then the transfer window opened in January and the chance came to come back to Scotland so I jumped out with both hands so and, uh, and controversially uh, to the yes, uh, yeah. to 400 yards up the road yeah slightly controversial yeah it was a it was it was a big decision well to be fair I had um, the thing that made it tough was I got on so well with Jim Duffy when he was my Dundee manager yeah. he was uh, he was like a mentor to me he would play the same position he looked after me he taught me made me the player I was basically and when I was having a horrible time itself, I'd be phoning him regularly and he's like hey, keep the head up keep doing this go and do that blah 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 so he was like a mentor to me, to me. but he knew that I'd already agreed to go and sign for Dundee United right okay uh, in, in, the, in the January and then the but the Dundee United deal fell through at the last minute and because they had a big squad and the room came back saying Look, we need to get rid of two or three players before they can bring you in so I was like oh no so Jim Duffy heard this, phoned me up saying, we have heard the Dundee United deals fell through, would you come and sign for us at Dundee? Yeah. So I had, a, I had a dilemma on my hand because the reason I left Dundee was because of the administration. I seen 17 of my mates get sacked there and then on the spot and they were fighting relegation and I was sitting there thinking, oh, what do I do? So I said to Jim Duffy, look, I need to go and speak to a few people. I can't just make that decision on the phone. So I'll phone you back in about an hour. So I went and then phoned people, I phoned my agent, I phoned my wife, I phoned my dad, I phoned, I remember phoning Gavin Ray and stuff and saying look what do I do blah 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 so it was then a case of then the agent phoned me back the agent says well I've just spoke to Dundee United and <laughs> it looks horrible now right but this is this is a god honest truth the agent came back and said well they'll sign you tomorrow you're getting an extra year and they're giving you more money so you, so you see the situation I'm in now I'm sitting there thinking yeah. oh, no. so I was I sat there and I never phoned Jim Duffy back for over an hour because it was the hardest phone call I ever had to make in my life because like I say he was a mentor to me and he helped me so much but the reason I, I was doing it purely for purely for football reasons, um, Dundee United had just signed guys like uh, Derek McInnes from West Brom. He was the captain of West Brom in the Premiership. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were they were pushing uh, to get in Europe, whereas Dundee previously had left because of administration stuff. As much as I said to you earlier on the phone call that Dundee was in the problem my favourite times a footballer because of the way just everything went and it was great. So it was a really really tough decision for me. So when I phoned them back and then I then says, look, Jim, I need. Um, Dundee United have came back in and he just went mental really? <laughs> went men- oh mental <clears throat> I knew you would do this you've used me to go and get more money then. Uh. it's exa- exactly what I didn't want to do I did not I did not want to do that at all um, and he basically said he said well if you sign for them I'll read about in the papers and if you want to sign for us I'll um, give me a phone and he hung up on me and I remember crying I remember crying because I have that much respect for the guy and I thought oh, no what's happened here so but because I'd said to Dundee United I'd sign for them I'm I'm an honest guy. If I said to Jim Duffy, I'll sign for you, I would have signed for them. I yeah. went to Dundee United because it's, if you got my word, you've got my word. That's it. So that was it. So I remember I went up to Dundee United the next day and I signed them in the chairman's office. And I remember the, the evening telly being there. And uh, so it's like the evening, the evening paper in yeah. yeah. Dundee. Yeah. So it comes out at night time. So I remember I just turned it over. There's a big headline, Mirror the Judas. And I get, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do not so, anger Jim Duffy. Yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he went to town with me on the press. But um, it's one of those you look back on now. And at the time, I made the decision for the, the for purely football reasons. And so it was uh, it was one that I, I would probably make the same decision, decision if I was asked now. But it's... Yeah. Uh, so that was that story. That was yeah, in, in terms of Jim Duffy, now did you did you kiss and make up or uh, what's yeah, seen actually. What was it happened again? I then within a, within my first month at Dundee United in a training ground incident, I blocked a shot and ruptured my medial ligaments. So I was out for like about a year. But um, the next game was on Sky, and Jim Duffy was in the studio, 
and I remember, and so they're obviously asking him about, oh, what's your bust up with Lee now, blah, 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 and stuff like that. And then he says, look, he's totally forgotten about. Um, I hear he's got a bad knee injury if he needs any help with it, because Jim had to retire through bad knees and stuff. So, ah, okay. If need, if, so if he needs any help with that, that, he knows he can pick up the phone and stuff. So it's sent him a text cool. afterwards saying, look, Jim, I appreciate those nice words. Thanks very much. We've bumped each other many times since, and uh, yeah, everything's fine. Uh, my favourite part about that whole story was the fact that uh, your speed dial on your phone goes, agent, wife, dad, Gavin Ray, in that order. <laughs> like, I love that he's the fourth guy. So yeah, good. That's amazing. Uh, right, oh, yeah. no, I'll, probably, I'll probably phone Gavin Ray about that. Love it. So, so Dundee United, you mentioned there you, you picked up a, a bad knee injury. You were working yeah. under uh, Craig Levine, is that correct, at that time? Uh, you came no, in, yeah. it was, no, it was Ian McCall. It was Ian McCall. Right, at okay. My time, at, at my time at Dundee United, I played under four managers. Well, I never. It was Ian McCall that signed me. He then got the sack, and then Gordon Chisholm, I think, got the job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then he got the sack. Uh, Dodgy got the job for I think it was a couple of weeks, and then he left. And then Craig Brewster came in. All right. He got the sack, and then. Uh, Starting to think it may be you. <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm thinking that now. I'm so, uh, so, that, so basically don't sign Lee Mayer or you're getting a sack. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. So uh, yeah. sort of not not the most successful time in Dundee United because of that injury. So you then moved on to Aberdeen, uh, your yeah. hometown club. Uh, was that a, a move that you, you sort of uh, look back on uh, as a good one? Yeah, totally. I was, as I said, I was born in Aberdeen, so I used to go to Petodre as a young kid watching all the games. Uh, my wife's from Aberdeen, went to school together, so it was, and my wife was actually due, the twins were due on June. So, mm-hmm. Craig Levine was honest with me. He says, I'll be honest with you, you can go. At the end of the year, you can go. If you, So, I was then looking for a club. So, I signed a pre contract with Aberdeen. So, I was like, brilliant. The kids are going to be due. I'm going to be back home playing for the club I've supported. Uh, we're going to have all the help we need because my family's there, Jill's family's there. So, I thought, brilliant. I'll re- I was 27 at the time. I thought, right, I'll retire up here now. I'm back home. So, happy days. So, it was all it was all going great. And then, as I say, my very first game playing against Hearts, done my knee as well, came off at half time. And I was like, oh, jeez, oh, what's happening here? So I think I was out for a couple of months then, and then it was just a case of fighting back in, the, in and out of the team. So I think I played about 50 games over the two years. So I was in and out of the team, but I was I was always in Chapman, Jimmy Collier. I, I think he respected that because I wanted to play every week and yeah. change the formation and stuff. And he actually offered me a two-year contract. So uh, looking back on that, the wife always says, hey, why did you not sign that at the time? But I was at an age in my career where I had to be playing every week then because football's a short career. And you don't want to just be staying for... The reason I would stay at Aberdeen is because it would have been easy off the field. Whereas I was thinking, no, I need to go and progress my career. I've probably got another five years left tops that I need to go and play. I'm at my peak now. I need to go and play. So that's when St. Marin came in for me. And I thought, yeah, this, this could actually work here. So moved the family from Aberdeen down to... We never moved into Paisley, just outside Paisley. And then Good move. So it worked out well, football terms, and then went on to play. 150 games for Dundee for St Mirren, uh, two cup finals, ended up winning a cup and stuff. So it worked. Uh, yeah, it worked out well. Right, that's exactly why uh, it makes sense to move. But my favourite, just uh, to go back to Aberdeen quickly, um, my favourite yep. story about Aberdeen is a phenomenal story that involves a European game and a shirt. Uh, that yep. when you got random drug tested after you played, uh, was it Bayern Munich? Yes, that's right. Yeah, and, we got uh, two. <laughs> who get, who who did you swap shirts with? We we played them the first we played them the it was the qualifying stages and we qualified we got through and I'm like wow last thirty two European Cup game we got drawn against Bayern Munich so first leg at Petodri and we drew two each of them and we were thinking wow this is unbelievable and then 
I managed to get Phil Lambs. It's the only time in my career I've ever swapped a jersey. Right. Um, that's probably one thing I look back on now, thinking the players that I've played against, your Hartsons, your Larsons, your Rooneys, all of that sort of players, and I, I never really swapped a lot of jerseys. So um, I managed to get Phil Lambs jersey, and I was like, wow. So that's, so that's in my house somewhere. I don't know where it is, to be honest. But it's in there <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so that was good. And then we went to the second leg, and... Uh, I was dropped to the second leg. Jimmy Collin made one change to the team. He played Richard Foster instead of me. Not, not that I hold it against him. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just remember being in the dugout and just thinking, wow, this is amazing. I actually had heated seats in the dugout. You had a wee button you could press to heat your seat how hot you were. So, <laughs> so it was great. And then, uh, so I ended up losing that game. And then every European game, you pick a number, any squad number out of a hat, and you go and get drug tested. So I was in a room. Uh, getting drug tested so they just take you from the final whistle this guy's not allowed to leave your sight until you've peed in a cup and then they can go and test it and stuff so I'm sitting in a room and I'm there for ages absolute ages and then this wee guy comes in from uh, Bayern Munich and I'm, uh, I think I ended up getting two jerseys and I don't know what I've done with them but uh, no I do know what I've done I gave one to Jamie Langfield and I gave one I don't know what I've done but it was two young kids anyway because Jamie Langfield said to me, have you got a jersey for, I'll give it to my brother. So I just threw him a jersey, I don't know who it was. And the other one was Cruz, Tony Cruz. <laughs> and you <laughs> just gave it away? Just gave it away. As I say, it was a young boy making his debut or whatever. I'd played a handful of games. I never knew anything about it. So I thought, right, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll take this jersey. And then, uh, did... but suppo- supposedly he's still got mine pinned up in his... In his <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, we're getting uh, Tony Cruz on next week. So yeah. we'll ask him about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's go to St Mirren then You mentioned the two cup finals you were in uh, Both very, very uh, Eventful? Eventful, yeah That's yeah, the word I was yeah. looking for uh, We'll touch yeah. on the, the bad one first uh, Which yeah. was the one against Rangers when they, when they finished playing the game with three men Yeah, I think like, it, was, yeah, it, was, it was five aside by the end uh, I mean, what what was good You must have been devastated at the end it was, Oh, it was Like I said, that two cup finals are talking about The highest point in my life My football career and the lowest point and see, remember, see the low point when you go back into the change room. Does anyone speak, <laughs> or is it silence? I can't. I can't. I honestly, can't even remember. I seriously can't even remember after that. And it was just. I remember it being my wife's thirtieth birthday, and we ended up going out and getting drunk and just getting absolutely <laughs> steaming because I thought, right, that's it. We need to just because it was. Oh, it was horrible. It's the most Scottish remember, way to react. I love it. Lee. <laughs> oh, it I was, love it. Uh, when when I lose on the booze, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. So uh, obviously yeah. not great the f- the first cup final against Rangers. No, it was, but it was, as I say, see with eleven men, we were the better team. We were the better team. We had a great chance. I remember we Stephen Thompson had a shot. It was cleared off the line, uh, and and we actually battered them. And then they got a man sent off, and we we're thinking, wow, we're going to beat Rangers here. They got another man sent off. And I remember running about like a maniac showing, we're going to win this, we're going to win this. And G- Gary Brady, the most laid-back guy in the world, says, Mirzo, calm down, calm down. <laughs> and then, see what, the best bit of advice I've ever heard, we should have all been calming, calming right down, saying, look, playing against nine men, they were out on their feet. We, but we were pushing to win it in 90 minutes, whereas I wish I'd got wood, got a bit of advice saying, guys, see if it takes us extra time, takes us penalties, we don't care, yeah. we don't lose this game. But like I say, we went gung-ho. I was the guy, I was playing centre-half at the time, I was up at left wing. I played the ball into our striker. Played it into Craig Dargo's feet at the edge of the box. And then he dummied it, trying to let it go into the second striker behind him. But David Weir, quite smart, read he dummied it, controlled it out of his feet, passed it wide, another pass up the, up the wing, crossover, Kenny Miller scored a header for 16 yards. And I was like, oh no. But it was, what we, whereas what we should have done, looking back on hindsight, it's a, it's a good thing. But what we should have done was, just keep the ball, keep Rangers tired, and then just even if it goes to extra time, make sure we win the cup rather than just go for it in the 90 minutes, which 
Oh, that was a horrible, horrible experience. That's uh, it. Sounds horrific. And then, what well, was I take it complete elation when you won? Oh, it was, that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, that obviously, you'd been used to winning the Renfrewshire Cup when it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you're, you're a seasoned yeah. winner by that point. So you're used to that. Uh, and yeah. after St. Mary, you came across to Thistle. Yeah. I'm a Thistle fan. Um, I remember you doing a good shift that year, and it was an interesting kind of backline we had. Um, with uh, Balatoni and Piccolo and those kind of guys and um, scored a couple of vital goals, one of which was in the 4-2 win at Tynecastle. Um, yep, it kind right. of um, cemented our status in the league. And then were you expecting to get released at the end of that season or were you expecting a contract from Archie? I was expecting a contract. There's a, story, a wee story behind this as well, but um, it was the week, I think it was the second last game we had to go to Tynecastle and we had to win. To yep. And if we won, we stayed up. So we had Hart then and we had Ross County on the Saturday. We went to Tynecastle and won, then we were up. But I was I was struggling. I came off the game before at, Hy- at Hibs on the Saturday. With a, I got a knee knock and my knee was all swollen. So the physios tried to get me fit for the game and stuff, saying, look, we need you, we need you. And, that. and I said, well, look, I've got a bit of a dilemma here because my knee's not right. I've got, I'm out of contract next week. So yeah. uh, I don't know what's happening with my contract and stuff. And he said, look, I totally understand. I said, so if I go and play tomorrow night, bugger my knee. I could be out for a year and then no club's going to touch me and that's me basically retired and so he went see Archie came back and says yep you're getting a contract so strapped my right. knee up I played st- strapped my knee up I played then scored we won 4-2 brilliant we're all safe next day gets pulled in no there's no contract and I said like, oh, wow that's not what I heard yesterday so wow that, so that was a bit of a that was a bit of a sore one to take I won't lie so it's it pretty shy really, isn't it and then and then but I, <laughs> I think actually that's football. It's ups and downs of football. It's just it's horrible when you're on the receiving end of it. Things like this that people don't see about football. We just see, oh, what a great job you've got. You've got this. You're doing great. You're a footballer, but they don't see all the all the, the dirty bits in behind. So that was a sore one. I won't lie. It was a sore one to take. I then I then had to go part time after that. So it was a, that was my last full time club. Yeah, and you went to Dumbarton and then Stranraer. Um, see, when you're at Stranraer, do you train in yes. Glasgow or do you train down there? No, we're training in Glasgow. Yeah, um, I've, always, I've always wondered that. Yeah. I was about exactly. to say, it'd be a trek and a half on a Tuesday yeah, night. I know. <laughs> yeah. it, was, uh, it was one of the reasons that, A, because I was assistant manager as well, and I've, I've done all my coaching badges, and I'd love to go and pursue the coaching side of the game. So the chance to go and be assistant manager was great because people normally have to start off their coaching careers at like maybe an under-13s, under-15s, and build their way up to experience. So to go straight in at assistant manager at that level, I was buzzing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was still a player as well. So it was hard to combine the two. I'm not, I won't lie, it was quite tough. But um, who, yeah, who was great. who was managing at the time? Was that Aitken or was Brian, it before then? No, Brian Reid. Brian Reid. Brian Reed. Aitken, he left. He, went, he moved on to Dumbarton, and then Brian Reid got the job. Right. So, um, but it, it was it was strange because he, he just phoned me up and says, "Oh, do you want to be my assistant manager?" I'd never met a guy in my life. class! I heard Tony Cruz put a word in for you. That's bizarre. So, yeah. did, did you have any second thoughts about it? Even though you had, you'd never worked with him. Um, no, but looking back now, I, uh, I wouldn't have done it. But I, I was one of those because, like I said, you normally have to go and get your experience, and it takes you five, six years before you get an opportunity at, at a club like Stranraer. So I, thought, I jumped at it. I was like, brilliant. He still seen me more as a player, and he just seen me to tick the box. I realise this now. He just seen me as ticking the box as assistant manager. So, right. Um, when when I got injured, and then basically I, I then couldn't play for the rest of the season. That's, that's when I retired. Mm. And then so I, I never really had much to do with the assistant side of it, and it was very frustrating. That's that's the way I'll put it. Put yeah. it politely, it was very very frustrating. And the reason I never walked 
was because I knew the team would do well, and we ended up getting beaten in the playoff final. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost some penalties to Air United, so yeah. it, was, it was a good. It was a good experience. As much as I say it was a horrible experience, it was probably I learnt more in that one year than I, I did in the eighteen previous years. So, um, well, there you go, so, and and you've got your coaching yeah. badges now as well. Hey, what what are you up to just now, Lee? Then are you you working? Um, what, what's the what's the um, I'm on the phone to you too. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time yeah. anyone's answered that way. Yeah, That's pretty clever, yeah. actually. <laughs> no, I um, yeah, I'm working. I'm in the real world now. So as I said, when I went part time, I then thought, right, okay, I need to go and get a real job. And so I got in contact with the PSA and they put me in contact with an IT telecom telecoms company called Excel. So I'm working for them. Uh, and so I have been for the last year and a half. So it's it's good. It's uh, it's different to football, I won't lie. Yeah. Uh, you, you're not finished at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, which is, I'm, I'm like, no, surely half one, I need to go home now. Yeah. Go home now <laughs> no, you work till five now, Lee, so... I can't. I've also got I've also got another part time business I'm doing the side herb life, basically helping people get fit and healthy and stuff. So I'm uh, yeah, keeping busy now. Okay. I can't I can't wait till Madonna releases a song about Excel. <laughs> that's going to be great. Yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely we're, follow you about. They also make my clothes as well, mate. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Hey, so <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a belter, Stephen. Well, well, I know. I'm, I'm proud of that one. Uh, so before you go, Lee, a uh, couple more questions. Uh, just really yeah. quickly, best player you've played against, first of all. Oh, it's a tough one. I was asked this the other day as well. I was up at a school uh, doing a question and answer thing with kids and they asked me the same question. Probably, well, when I was at Aberdeen, we played Man United in a pre-season uh-huh. uh, testimonial and they had guys like Rooney, Giggs, Scholes. Scholes was just unbelievable. Never left the, never left the centre circle once and he just sat in ping balls about the whole park. It was unbelievable. Giggs, Rooney, these were unbelievable players. The Bayern Munich team was, as I said, there was guys like Schweinsteiger, Lamb, Cruz, uh, uh, Tony Clossy, uh, uh, Oliver Kahn. Yeah. They, they had they had something like eight hundred caps between them, and we had one. We had Scott Seven. It was like, oh, wow. Is <laughs> the hope? That's, a, that's how that's how big a mismatch it was. But um, if I had to pick, probably Philip Lamb. Right. Germany captain, Germany captain, retired German captain, just absolute legend of a player. So, but there's a it's a tough question. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad you didn't say Henrik Larsson because almost everyone that comes on, yeah. almost a man says Henrik yeah. Larsson. But well, um, that he's, I mean, Philip Lamb, what a shout that is. And finally, before you go, best player you've played with, who's the one that stands out? The best player I've played with, ability-wise, would probably be Georgian Mzadze. I loved watching uh, him. He was. There was a rumour that Selic were basically agreed uh, to buy him for a million pounds, but they never got through the next round of the Champions League. So... Because obviously, if they got through, they needed a bigger squad. So Georgia would have been brilliant for that, yeah. playing in the league games and the odd Champions League game. But his ability was unbelievable. So it's between him or probably Ravanelli, just because of his name, because he's just an absolute yeah. legend. Uh, so, one quick question about that time at Dundee: uh, Tamuri Kitsbaya head case, yes or no? I heard rumours, as I say, I never experienced my time with him, but I heard he was an absolute screwball. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> what we like to hear. That's what we yeah. want to hear. Exactly, booting billboards and all the rest <laughs> of the side yeah. of the pitch. Uh, Lee, that has been a fantastic chat, and uh, thank you very much for being on Soccer FM, mate. All the best. Thanks very much, guys.
Yes, that was another Where Are They Now on Soccer FM. Lee Mayer, former Dundee. Great stories there about all the times at Dundee with Canidia and all that stuff. Ravinelli, Kets Bayer, and his fallout with Jim Duffy. I yeah. Thought that was a great story. Oh, great. Also, I just drummed along so much to that uh, music that my headphones fell off oh, and no, hit, my, hit me in the nose. That is not uh, ideal at all. No, that's not what happened. Uh, but yeah, no, great from Lee Mayer. Very honest. Uh, very interesting stuff. Good to hear about the stuff at Thistle as well. As well, going back to the Dundee United, Dundee debacle, yeah. that kind of stuff. And the Tony Cruz story is an absolute belter. Absolutely, we will have more Where Are They Now is coming very soon on Soccer FM But for now, this is Soccer FM with Stephen Mill and Ray Bradshaw It's time for Teams Around the World Teams Around the World is back and we have one team that we're looking for this season and they're in Hungary and they're Juppest or Juppest How are we getting on Ray? Uh, what was the result of the weekend? Decent result of the weekend, we do one each with Debrecen who have been in lots of European competitions yep. Okay, home win uh, home game drew one each not so bad so that takes us they're currently sitting third and we're sitting eighth in the league still looking forward to that Valentine's Day trip and Hungary this week uh, we're playing Switzerland away and oh. then Faroe Island on the 10th and we're hoping in the Faroe Islands game probably not in the Switzerland game that uh, Daniel Nagy who is our only representative in the squad that he might get a run out and get his first cap so that's one to look out for this week OK so that is the Hunger Game of the weekend we're going to be speaking about Scotland in yeah. just three seconds get hungry well. on your coupon against the Pharaohs yeah absolutely don't think there'll be great odds I would say no. that's not fantastic Pharaohs have won a couple of games this year actually. they have they're not, as, they're not in the bottom seeds anymore no. I think they're in uh, the second bottom pot or whatever you call it so uh, yes yeah, so that was teams around the world we'll be catching up with you uh, they'll be playing in a couple of weeks time but Hungary uh, got a double header same as Scotland we'll get to that in just a wee second um, but it's time to play our game it was just Banter. Yes, it is back. It was just banter. If you are on our Twitter, uh, you will see the poll that is now finished. It's complete from last week's It Was Just Banter. If you've missed this, if you're joining in for the first time, this is where I read out an abusive tweet about someone in Scottish football and you tell me who it's about. So last week, this was the clue. It was what we toss bought and that fat get someone is. Hope Big Jimbo Goodwin snaps him in half next week. That is hashtag Bobag. So who were we talking about? You have the poll results, right? The four options were Chris Commons, Kenny Miller, Gary McKay, Stephen and Jim Hamilton. Jim Hamilton's in there because Stephen did this poll when he had a nap earlier and that is not the right answer because he panicked. Yes. Um, <laughs> the correct answer, uh, with 33% of the vote narrowly winning, just beating uh, Kenny Miller in second place with 32%, was Chris Commons, who indeed the tweet was about. Absolutely. Well done if you got that correct. And uh, this is your chance to get involved and it was just banter for next week. So, here we go. This is this week's tweet yeah, about someone in Scottish football. There's a full moon out tonight, so if you're out, beware of werewolves and this person. Okay? <laughs> There's a full moon out tonight, so if you're out, beware of werewolves and this person. Who do you think that is? At Scott Soccer FM. Get your guesses in on Twitter. We'll put a poll up next Monday, and you can get voting on that as well. And also, you can comment on Pie and Bovril. You can comment right now on Facebook. Don't read out any of the answers, though, Ray, in case it's the right one. And also, you can get in touch uh, with uh, any way you want. You can yeah. send us uh, ravens, if you like. Like send, as us well. send us a pigeon if you if John Lambie is listening to us I'd be very surprised uh, get in touch by any means possible pen letters can you imagine John, John Lambie with like Beats by Dre yeah <laughs> watching this yeah just, just smoking sort of roll up so yeah I'll read it one more time get your guesses in there's a full moon out tonight so if you're out beware of werewolves and this person is a character from Scottish football from anywhere from now right the way back to the last sort of 40 years I would say so 
Get your answers in on all the usual places at Scott Soccer FM on Twitter, Facebook, and pineboffle.com. Uh, but for now, that is this is just banter. She and I enjoyed George some banter. banter. Thank you, Richard. Uh, and we'll play <laughs> the other one as well because I like that one. If I can just get it, there we go. It was just banter. banter. There we go. So it was just banter. As English over people for this saying week. banter make me feel sick. Banter. Yeah, it was banter, banter, banter. Oh, banter, banter, banter. He's a bantasaurus. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely. Was it the Archbishop Banterbury? Banterbury. Fucking die. Right, anyway, <laughs> here we go. Scotland, let's move on to the serious stuff. And I say let's move on because we only have 17% left on my battery here. <laughs> so we are racing against time in terms of the Facebook Live. So, Scotland, Double header. First up, Slovakia on Thursday against uh, against Slovakia at Hamden. What are we thinking, Ray? We mentioned McGregor and McGinn earlier on. Yeah. Are they going to start in midfield? Well, this is the thing. Michael got in touch on the Facebook Live um, to say that he would start McGregor. He, he's more defensively minded than McGinn. I would be surprised to see Strachan start either of them, if I'm honest. Okay. I think he'll probably go Morrison, Fletcher and Bannon. Bannon? Yeah. <laughs> he was talking up how well he played at the weekend. Oh, no. I think that's what he might go. Or actually, um, maybe instead of Fletcher, James MacArthur. Yeah, I think I think that is a possibility. Uh, I'm just going to check what the team was when we got scudded by them last year. Yeah, well, the thing with Dan Fletcher, I don't know if you saw... Uh, did you watch Match of the Day this week? Mm, For the uh, goal of the month, um, Alvaro Morata just does Fletcher for pace so easily. And that'd be a worry if he comes into the squad. Um, in terms of the back four, I'd imagine that'll stay the same. I saw Charlie McGrew talking himself up to say that he can step forward and play in that defensive midfield role. Nah, no, I thank you, mate. I don't think uh, he should definitely be the back. I think it'll be the usual back, back five. Line. It'll be Corden. It'll be Tierney James right Corden. back. James Corden. He'll, be in goals. he'll fill the goals. <laughs> and then, uh, sorry, uh, Kieran Tierney right back. Andy Robertson yeah. left back, Mulgrew and, and also Berra. Yeah, I think he'll play better. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan, but he's he's not done much wrong for Scotland. Scored no. against Malta. Then the midfield, I'm looking at how, what we played against Slovakia when we got beat 3-0. And it was Bannon, Darren Fletcher and MacArthur. Yeah, I think it could be very similar. I can't, I can't think for the life of me why he would do that. I think Morrison's more likely to come in yeah. than Fletcher, but I think that's what it'll be. Because I, <sighs> I don't see McGregor or McGinn getting the start. I, I'm, no, no, no. I, I think he's going to play him again. I think he'll at least play him again. Who were the wide players that day? It was Richie. Who's out? It was James Forrest. Snodgrass. Snodgrass. Okay. Not that good. is, and Stephen Fletcher played up front. That's possibly the slowest team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Bannon can he run? I, Dan Fletcher can he run? MacArthur, I. Snodgrass can he run? Fletcher can he run? Matt Ritchie can he run and don't forget James Corden can he run James Corden <laughs> cannot run no um, just so, a blob so I think uh, I I don't know wide players wise who do you think we'll go for I think we'll keep it the same as last time I think it'll be Phillips and uh, Forrest yeah I don't see and any reason Griffiths. why they'll change and Griffiths up front I, I if I if I were striking I'd just think fuck it and yeah. just put McGregor in and McGinn in and, and probably MacArthur yeah, I'd probably play MacArthur. Yeah, but then I'd play him again, and I, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I'd, I think. I think what's interesting is Stuart Armstrong made his debut for Scotland on the twenty sixth of March two thousand and seventeen, and that's how big a player he's become in six months. Well, Strachan described his debut as the best international debut he's ever yeah. seen. So yeah. I don't see any reason why Cal McGregor can't live up to that. I'd yeah. like McGregor. He's got six goals already this season. He's not as good as Armstrong, but I think he's a adequate replacement for Armstrong. Brown being out is a huge blow, I yes. think. He's that's a much bigger blow than Armstrong being out because you could 
almost by playing Armstrong and Brown, has single-handedly revived our campaign. Yes. Even the performance, we went down to Wembley, and even the performance was better with Brown back yeah. in the team. Yeah, and we, we conceded some really shit set pieces that day. And you also could see how much of a difference it made for Celtic at the weekend not having Brown. Yes. So he's going to be a big miss. It's a total boot in the buzz. Yeah, but I th- he's kind of, him and Griffiths yeah. are the ones you didn't want. I know, or, or Robertson, or Tierney. Yeah, but when, but then if you get like Stephen Whitaker or something, well, you'd probably play Anya if you get one of them injured, which isn't Anya's not been playing. Like that's the thing. Like they're, they're in terms of the people who have been playing regularly. What was it you said last week? Grant Hanley's played four, four minutes. minutes. Yeah, he might have played more by now. Uh, Liam Cooper got sent off the day after I talked him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Because yeah. obviously last week you were saying, "Oh, great to see him." Blah blah blah. And I, I said about the Leeds yeah, fans laughing. Shite, yeah, and then, but apparently this season he has been playing well, yeah. and then just went back to the those two really bad yellows because well. he, he was trending on Twitter. And I clicked on it and it was like, yep, there's the Liam Cooper. Yeah, you messaged me. I was like, you smug fuck. <laughs> so, oh God, and I don't know. You're going to the game, aren't you? I'm going to the game. Uh, I'm, the plan is to be steaming. Yeah. <laughs> so if it does go wrong, then at least I'm steaming. Can you can you remember what I'm doing instead of going to the game? Yeah. What am I doing? You're not going to the game. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> you are. You're in London. Yeah. Yes, you're going to a Korean barbecue. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. Yeah. I have some a work thing that I cannot get out of, and I'm going for Korean barbecue, and I have a ticket to the game, which is, is going elsewhere. Is there many um, Korean barbecue places that show Scotland games? <laughs> I don't know, but is, has, is it Pyongyang you're going to? By the way, you haven't said where it is. I and I. So it's at six o'clock. So you I'm seen hoping. these trousers, by the way. They're amazing. Hey. Jong Un. No. You seen these trousers? Oh, they're they're brilliant. Your segues are off your tits. <laughs> I know. I don't know what's happening. I think I'm tired, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, so, so what, what, I think if we win on Thursday, and I think we're more than capable of it, even without Brown and Armstrong, I think we're capable of winning. And if we do, I think Sunday will take care of itself. Yes. That's what I'm hoping, because we'll have so much momentum going into the game that I think it'll carry us through. And by that stage, you're hoping that England will beat Slovenia at Wembley, so that's them out of Yep, yeah, yeah. and we are going to be on the laggers on Sunday, hopefully, celebrating a great victory yes fingers crossed for that if you're going to the Scotland game uh, then let us know what you think after it we'll talk about it in the yep. podcast next week all the usual places at Scott Soccer FM on Twitter you can comment on Facebook underneath the post and also in pineborthel.com yep and don't forget me and Stephen are both self-employed so uh, if you're during the week if you want to chat football tweet us yeah. we will happily chat football with Absolutely. you let us I'm, know what you're thinking positions. I finish work at 10 o'clock <laughs> so um, I start work at 8pm yeah exactly so there's a good sort of 9 hours during the day 10 hours where we're just sitting about and quite frankly it stops me from watching pornography <laughs> so <laughs> so please do get in touch hashtag cling film yeah <laughs> oh god yeah that was a bizarre story I don't know how <laughs> we were talking about Dundee versus Hearts <laughs> And then, I don't I don't know how I got into that chat. But anyway, if you want to listen back uh, to anything that we've done on Soccer FM, we are now on episode 47. That's depressing, isn't it? What are we doing with our lives? Um, a, a moderately successful Scottish <laughs> football podcast. Yeah, moderately. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's coming up in the next week or so. We also have some fixtures in the Challenge Cup at the weekend. Yes, so... And since it's the Challenge Cup, I usually do all the normal fixtures. Uh, so we're weaning Ray onto the big boy job yeah. of reading out the fixtures. You, so you can do the Challenge Cup. You might have noticed, when I'm away, this podcast still happens. When Stephen's away, fuck all happens. <laughs> so that's why I'm getting trained on these things. So Scottish Challenge Cup, there's some interesting ties. My favourite ties so far is the one that will start us off uh, Cove Rangers against Crusaders okay that is what you want in a football game 
Is an it? Irish team going up to Mordor. Exactly. I, I hope that Cove Rangers hunt them. And then next one, uh, I don't know if you'll be going. Are you going Saturday, Falkirk v Dunfermline? Yeah, maybe? I think it's only a tenner to get in, but I, uh, I'm not very confident, and I'm going to get so much abuse for Falkirk fans if they beat us as I well. I'm not dreading wait, it. I'm going to text um, Lee Miller and yeah, get him to go on it. I think, uh, I think they'll win because we are. We've got lots of players away on international duty. We can actually ask for a postponement, but I don't know if it would be... Get the excuses in early, I like it. Um, And then we have Inverness uh, playing Peterhead in the Highland Derby. It's not bad. Montrose versus Queen of the South in a game that no one will give a fuck about. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting game at the Paisley uh, 2021 Stadium where we have St Mirren playing Wraith Rovers. Wraith Rovers, one of the form teams in League One and St Mirren top of the championship. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting one. I can see Wraith Rovers getting a few goals on Saturday because as I said, St Mirren are not very good at the back. And then the final two games surrenders off. The New Saints um, are playing Elgin. So managerless Elgin making the journey from Elgin to Wales fuck that <laughs> yes uh, for a half four kickoff and finally rounding off the game quarter past five I presume it's on Alba or something like that Dundee United playing uh, Rangers Reserves Linfield okay That's I would imagine Dundee United will pump them yeah you'd hope so I think so so that is the week in Scottish football we are back next Monday night anything else apart from the Korean barbecues that you're up to nah I, I'm hosting actually there's a new comedy club starting in uh, Glasgow oh, on nice. Friday and Saturdays at the Rotunda down near the SECC not too far from your flat mm-hmm. um, so I'm hosting there this Friday and Saturday if you want give to give away the postcode <laughs> <laughs> Follow the cling film. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm hosting that this weekend down in London, um, Wednesday, Thursday, and then getting pished on Sunday watching the Scotland game. Lovely stuff. Yeah. So we will be back next Monday. I don't have much on this week, actually. No. Pretty quiet week because uh, the guys are on holiday. Ah, so you're running the breakfast show? I'm running the breakfast show. No, I'm not really. <coughs> Gary's pushing all the buttons. Gary Spence is on the way from drive time. Yeah. So he's pushing all the buttons and I just talk as usual. Yeah. So that's fine with me. Yeah. Tune in tomorrow for that 16 year old girlfriend story all over again. I've but already done it. Have you? I've done that with Gary on the show. Before. Heavy edit. Uh, no, no. I mean, well, obviously the cling film stuff wasn't wasn't left in, but in terms of the actual, you know, um, I'll speak to you later. I need to go. I'm late for five sides. That has been done before, and then he pretended that she was she'd phoned up and was on the line. Oh, superb! And I, uh, my arse fell out. It was <laughs> horrific. So. Talking about arse falling out, what percentage are we leaving this on? Uh, we are leaving it on a, a cool thirteen percent. Oh, We've got absolutely loads of time easy. left, but we do let's, have to go. Let's just do the vagina monologues. No, no, no. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy the show. There's more on our Twitter at Scott Soccer FM. Like us on Facebook. Comment on our own forum. Pie and Bovril.com. Get in touch for a where are they now? And also, it was just banner. Anything else? But for now, it's goodbye from me, Stephen Mill, and you, Ray Bradshaw. Mother Scotland! This has been Soccer FM, and yes, come on, Scotland, please do. And we will catch you next Monday, hopefully in a good mood. Cheerio for now. Bye.